0: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. The Toronto Raptors finally did it. Um, finally, the Dwayne Casey curse has been lifted. Um, the Raptors go into Detroit and lead the entire way, but uh, came down to some scary moments at the end there where the Raptors' defense started coming undone. Uh, you gotta give a lot of credit to uh, Jaden Ivey. Very explosive Downhill guard, repeatedly getting into the lane um, and dragging the Pistons back into It was a one-possession game there. Uh, the Raptors needed to execute down the stretch. And, you know, they finally get it done. So, Raptors win by a score of 115 to 111. Um, This is a very shorthanded Raptors team uh, against, to be honest, the Pistons were shorthanded too, right? Um, But it was just a good response by the team. Like you really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, obviously the games in Detroit have been like really unpredictable over the years. Um, predictable in the sense that the Raptors lose all of them, but like unpredictable in the sense that you don't know who's gonna step up. Uh but I, I thought the Raptors did a really good job of being unpredictable themselves. Like I thought, first off, you know, Nick Nurse calling an audible with the starting lineup, saying that Kem Burch was coming back from injury and he was deciding between Kem and Coloco who to start, and then An hour later, the lineup sheet comes out. Guess what? Neither of those guys are starting. It's Delano Banton starting instead. And what a great call by Nick because Delano, outside of being limited by foul trouble, he only played 25 minutes in this game, scores 27 points, including uh, four or four from the free throw line during the intentional foul in the last minute. He needed all four of those, and he made all of those. And he had a, a nice... Uh, driving dish to Scotty as well in the darker spot in the last couple of minutes there, uh, and another drive where he rejected the screen, got downhill, uh, and scored a little floater over uh, his his man. And I mean, Delana was awesome. Like this was the best game of his career. Um, it's the the kind of game that you just. You're just proud of him for doing it because this is what he does every time he goes down to the 905. In fact, he does a lot more than this, actually. But this is the type of player that you see consistently when he goes down to that level. When he goes to the G League level, he is too good for that level. He dominates that level. But when he comes back up, you don't see that level of aggression, right? This is by far the most aggressive game of Delano's career. Um, He took 16 shots in 25 minutes, got to the free throw line six times. His uh, ability to get downhill was able to set up guys. as well and it was just awesome to see it was his night uh and again like I said other than the foul trouble you know he was just he was he was cooking from start to finish but you know it it was a tough game um because at the moment the Raptors are still really inconsistent and you know some of that is obviously due to the injuries probably a lot of that is due to the injuries but just don't fully know what you're gonna get from your main guys like I thought this is a really quiet game from Scotty Barnes once again. To be honest, a lot of the conversation would be about Scotty had it not been for Delano's heroics at the end there. But we've had a lot of spotlight on him. Thankfully, because the Raptors win, we don't focus as much on it. But it was another really quiet game from Scotty. And defensively, lots of the, the the fourth quarter stretches there. When you look back on the mistakes where the Raptors concede 34 points in the fourth quarter, a lot of that is on Scotty. But we'll get to that in a second. Um... But OG inconsistent night six and nineteen took a lot of mid range pull ups. I don't think he made a single one. Uh, doesn't seem like that's his shot. Uh, and I get that there's a, a an added need to to create in these games. But you know, I just I don't know how much I want to see mid range pull ups from from a lot of players. To be honest, on the Raptors outside of uh, Fred and Gary and and Pascal, I I don't think I really want to see it from the rest of the guys. I'd rather them take it strong. Um, you know, so inefficient night from from that perspective. Otto Porter leaves the game. He goes down with uh, an injury. I think it was a toe injury. I got to double check that one. But, you know, he leaves the game. And it was one of those nights where Nick really had to rely on his bench. Like to, to, to the degree where everybody who we had available, he played. I mean, even Jeff Doughton, who uh, has been called up from the 905, uh, wasn't able to play in the Indiana game, um, you know, and, and Nick did say pregame that, you know, Jeff is still dealing with a little bit of something. He wasn't really clear on what it was. Um, but then in the last minute there, he turns to Jeff Downton because of the fact that that Jaden Ivey, the fourth pick for the Pistons this year, uh, was getting downhill so much. And especially, you know, at the start of the fourth quarter, uh, he really got it going against Malachi. He was hunting Malachi over and over and over again. So even though Malachi was able to score and and and, you know, uh, supply some offense for the Raptors, which was very valuable. He was giving all of all of it back defensively because of Ivy. Uh, and then Ivy was then attacking Scotty. Scotty was out of position quite a few times on these drives. And then finally, on the last minute of the game, Nick Nurse decides I'm going to sub in my twelfth man. Like he's a, he's a two way player, and and the 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 courage and the, the 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 call by Nick on that on that front was so smart. And it became vindicated by the fact that two plays. Number one, first off, Dowd snuck in for an offensive rebound, got chopped in the throat, uh, and then the referee said he uh, just turned the ball over, and that there was no foul. Um, first off, that should have been Jeff Dowd going to the line after uh, collecting a loose ball there um, in, in the last thirty seconds. But okay, you know that play gets negated because of a, ba- a bad call by the officials. Then the next trip down, Nick has him in the fl- on the game ivy drives tries to take him to the cup and Downton blocks him Downton has pretty good length right not a lot of people are familiar with him um so finally we got to see it here but you know if you watch the g league so far this season if you watched the uh, summer league um you know who jeff down is like he, he's a longer guard six five with a long with a long wingspan like six nine six ten kind of wingspan wiry and quick and he was able to collect a block on ivy at the end there and not only that but he was able to then secure the loose ball, tap it out to Delano, who drew, who uh, got fouled, and, uh, you know, the Raptors were able to sort of close it out through theirs. But, um, yeah, it, it was a good effort. It really is. I mean, you know it's not going to be easy to win any game right now just based on the the, the, the players available just due to the inexperience in the team. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I like seeing the Raptors step up to the fight. Like, I mean— First and foremost, the, the whole Pistons thing, like the Raptors have lost, uh, you know to, to lesser Pistons teams. Believe me, right? I I'm, I'm talking about games where Mason Plumlee and Dennis Smith Jr. both had a triple double in the same game. I'm talking about Zaza Pachulia putting 11 points on the Raptors in 13 minutes. You know, I I went through the whole history of this today in preparation for, um, you know the the show and the game tonight. And, and there's just so many anomalies. You know, speed went off for of the Raptors or uh, against the Raptors. Uh, never did for the Raptors. Uh, You know, (laughs) Josh Jackson, same deal, right? One off for the Pistons, never really went off for the Raptors. Uh, Saban Lee, who is uh, actually Jeff Doughton's teammate down in the 905 right now, he's had multiple huge games against the Raptors. So the Pistons have really collected wins in every single fashion over the last few years here. Uh, So it was not easy for the Raptors to overcome this game, even though the fact that for a long stretch of the game, I just thought the Pistons, they just couldn't stop kicking the ball around. They kept throwing it all over the place. Um, so many plays in transition where they would just throw it off each other's hands out of bounds. Um, But, you know, at the same time, you got to give them credit. They're tough. They kept going to the basket. They got to the free throw line. Get this, 43 times the Detroit Pistons went to the free throw line. You know, and if it wasn't for the Raptors shooting 27 of 28 from the foul line, only missing once, this could have been very easily a game that the Pistons have won and that we would be here once again looking like fools losing to this team. Um, but the Pistons missed 12 free throws. Raptors only missed one. That's a big advantage there. But, you know, when you watch the course of the game, it's funny because it's, it's, it's almost a bit of a surprise that the Pistons were even in it as much because the Raptors were playing their game well. You know, um, for the most part, they controlled the defensive glass. They didn't shoot the three well um, outside of the Ronald Banton and I guess Malachi who hit two threes. Like, you know, those aren't even the guys you would expect threes from necessarily. Uh, but the Raptors didn't shoot the three ball well. That's not, the, not that much of a surprise. But they forced a lot of turnovers out of the, the Pistons, 19 for the Pistons. Um, and, you know, the Raptors also got a number of very impressive defensive plays. Like O.J. and O.B., for as much as he stumbled and bumbled offensively, he always has this incredible coordination to, to to you know, collect, chase down blocks. He had two really, really nice blocks on Ivy, both at the basket. And Ivy was the main problem maker for the Raptors tonight. Um, so O.J. was able to stop him twice. Um You know, you you saw Banton at the end or uh, Dalton at the end there. You saw Delano with a number of defensive plays. I mean, three steals, two blocks as well for him. Just a really, really nice night all around. Thad Young making all sorts of hustle plays, diving on the floor. Like, I thought Thad Young really has set the tone. I mean, like, the last couple of games here, you just really have come to appreciate what Thad Young does for you, right? Uh, You're you're seeing Thad Young uh, dive onto the floor, Minutes into the game, just to, you know, save possession for the Raptors, pressing up top, you know, f- you know, trapping at the top of the floor, uh, coaxing this young Pistons team without their main ball handler and Cade Cunningham, trapping them and forcing them to turnovers. And the Raptors turned the Pistons over a ton in the first quarter. Um, you know, it just the, the energy was there and, and and guys were really scrapping and competing. And then even offensively, like, obviously it was a big question in terms of like, Okay, um how are the Raptors are gonna score? You don't have Gary, you don't have Fred, you don't have Pascal, you know, you don't have even Precious, like Precious would have scored in a game like this for sure. Uh you, you're missing like 70 points from your lineup and like probably close to 15, 20 assists, that range, right? So how are you gonna replace some of that? And I, I think the Raptors just kind of did it collectively. Like the ball movement tonight was was really good. Um, the number of dimes, when you think back and on this game, or if you go back and watch the highlights of this game, so many dimes. And from a variety of guys, like the Raptors offense today, very balanced. Get this, 27 assists as a team, which is pretty good for them. The leading assist player for the Raptors was Scotty, Delano, Thad, and Malachi, each with four. Nobody else had more than four assists. Um, and it, it really, you know... Pointed to the fact that the Raptors really uh, shared the ball. They had multiple points of focus offensively. So the Pistons had a hard time just, like, zoning in on one guy. To be honest, the Raptors didn't have that one guy who was going to try to score for you. The only guy who was really looking to score super aggressively was OG. Uh, but OG, again, he had a lot of turnovers. Uh, or not a lot of turnovers. He had three. It's it's it's, it's high. But it, it's, it's a lot of drives where he wasn't able to complete it. And he was short on a lot of these mid-range jumpers. And he was one of six from three. So, you know, um, the way the Raptors were able to get their offense was by playing in different areas, you know, like going into the post and, you know, asserting their size advantage. That's something we saw that worked really well against Indiana. The Raptors um, were able to do that for the first half uh, and then went away from in the second half. And that kind of like led to their offense going really dry and, and, you know, for the Raptors to collapse in the fourth quarter there today they kept that momentum high like they kept going into the post whether it was Thad Young at the top of the floor picking out passes for for guys cutting back door i mean that happened 3 times tonight where Thad Young was able to find a guy for a layup just with his passing at the top of the floor it reminded me so much of what Marcus All used to do for the raptors uh where you know he would catch the ball in the middle of the floor uh, he's got that shooting range, so guys are stepping up to him a little bit. You know, he's getting the opposing center guarded on him, so he's pulling the center out, which is exactly what Thad was kind of doing in this case, and then just finding the pass, having the uh, confidence and the touch to to, to feed guys, you know, um, on the move. You know, Thad found Delano for, for a cutting layup. He found Wancho for a cutting layup. He found Jeff Dowden for a cutting layup, and even in the fourth quarter there, Thad Young, didn't directly set up the play, but same idea at the top of the floor, catching the ball in the post, a high-low feed to a cutting Juancho Hernan Gomez. This time the Pistons were able to wall it off, send an extra defender to stop Juancho. Juancho throws an immediate extra pass to, I believe, OG in the corner, and OG's able to knock down his lone three of the night. So, you know, just some pretty good ball movement on that front, and it was everybody getting involved. Like, you know, Scotty had probably the flash— well, not probably, definitely the flashiest pass of the game where Thad was able to hustle down a loose ball— kick it back out to the top to Scotty, who was cutting through the lane. Uh, Scotty jumps airborne, looks, does a look away pass, then splits his legs, throws a bounce pass with some backspin to Delano Banton, who was cutting in from the uh, the, the wing, who was able to then, uh, you know, catch and finish for, uh, for a layup. I mean, super, super flashy pass. But, you know, that's another instance of a really, really nice post feed from the Raptors. You even saw... um Chris Boucher get into the mix. Chris is not a guy you would associate with making flashy passes or even making a lot of extra passes in the first place. But you saw the Raptors get into a position where, you know, Chris had the ball in the post and Coloco. I don't know if he got a screen or not, or if he just made a hard cut, but somehow the seven footer got free and Chris Boucher threw a beautiful bounce pass across the lane in traffic to Coloco was able to catch and finish. So, Everybody was kind of getting involved in that. Juancho, I thought, did a really good job. And I've I've been really impressed with his performances off the bench. He's just like a really nice glue piece who's able to fit in here or there. He's been rebounding strong. He's been making extra pass, can knock down a three here or there. But, you know, the movement and the cutting, I thought him and Thad showed pretty good chemistry on that front. Um, And it was all hands on deck. Like, Nick played lots of combinations that you have never seen from him. And that's where, when you think about what Dwayne Casey has been able to do over the years, Yes, the one of the main reasons why the Pistons were able to win so many times was that they kept catching the Raptors, you know, in, in advantageous moments. Like when the Raptors were down in Tampa and like half the team was out for like a month due to COVID, uh the Pistons were able to play the Raptors three times in that month. Well, that's that's kind of advantageous, right? Um, uh, you know, you know w- when the, the Raptors were able to uh, or the Pistons were able to catch the Raptors, you know, on some off nights last year, right? They they had a lot of injuries and they played the Raptors and the Raptors couldn't really score or like, you know, um Uh, Fred was out, Goran Draga just randomly starting. The one time he started for the Raptors ever in his life, the Pistons just happened to be there and drop 127 points on him. It's just like, you know, there have been these kind of spots, and this was kind of shaping up to be one of those games. Like, this is a prime opportunity to win. You're in your building. The energy in Detroit is always really high because of the fact that you have all those fans from, you know, Ontario driving across the border and filling up the arena. To be honest, without those fans in there, I don't know. The Pistons might have like 5,000 people in that building, man. Watching it before tip off, I understand it's uh, seven o'clock and traffic downtown like whatever, but wow, that, that arena looked real quiet and, and real empty at the start of the game, minus the Raptor fans. Um, so, but, you know, there's always an atmosphere in there and this could have been a really tough game. And, you know, when you think about, again, over the years, like one thing I would give Dwayne Casey a lot of credit for is he really knows, understands Pascal's game, understands Fred's game, and probably even understands OG's game, right? Guys that he's coached, guys who entered the league when he was the, you know, head coach. And obviously those guys have all grown, but fundamentally, I think he understands really well in terms of what those guys do and their tendencies, because he's seen them up close and worked with them very personally. When you don't have some of those guys available, like what are you really planning for? There's no way Nick the Dwayne Casey planned for a Jeff Dalton, uh, Delano Banton backcourt to end the game. There's no way uh, Dwayne Casey planned for a Delano Banton, Malachi Flynn dual backcourt, right? You know, or or Malachi and Jeff Dalton dual backcourt. Like the number of ball handlers and and uh, sort of team basketball the Raptors played today, like it is just hard for for anybody to anticipate because that's not generally how they play. And you might argue, well, they should probably play that more often. I, I think I probably agree with you there. But um, still, it, it was a good adjustment by Nick to sort of go to these things, obviously, in a pinch, right? Because if you have your main guys, you probably don't need to play in this specific fashion. But they were unpredictable. Uh, they played hard. They moved the ball well. And they got, you know, pretty good contributions. Like I thought Chris was able to make himself available repeatedly off cuts and stuff like that, and he was able to finish. He Also, he had a stretch in the third quarter or second quarter where he drilled three straight mid-range pull-ups like Kevin Durant style. It was actually real impressive to watch. Uh, but there were just guys who were able to step up for short stretches here, there, here, there, here, there. And eventually, they were able to sort of push it over the line. And um, and again, you really have to go back and really credit Delano Banton. I mean, I, I'm just so impressed with his game today here. Uh, knocking down threes as well, that's something he's been doing a better job of this season anyway. Um, it's still not the shot that people probably feel the most confident in. But listen, this is what I want to see from guys who don't usually play when they get a chance to play, like relish the opportunity, seize the moment. Like, you know, you you get this chance where usually what would Delano play in a usual game when the Raptors are fully healthy? maybe five to ten minutes, you know what I mean? So you have this perfect opportunity. You're getting the start. Nick Nurse is, you know, literally saying to the media, oh, it's going to be a center. It's going to be a Coloco or Cam, and then boom, it's it's you. It's Delano. right? You get this chance here. And what do you do with it? And he and he just he just was super aggressive. He played his game. Yes, we know he could score in transition. There was a play in the first quarter that I really loved where he took it one on three in transition and was able to find the angle and go for the layup. Now, of course, you don't want him to always go one for on three, but the fact that he was able to beat three defenders and find the, the a good shot out of that is so impressive to me. No other point guard on this team could can, can do that. You understand? No other point guard on this team can do that. Um so that was nice to see. And then Jeff Dalton. I don't think, you know, he fully could have expected to play, but at the same time, you know, Nick did turn to him, uh, not just late, but even throughout the game. And I thought he did a really good job, um, you know, co-captaining the backup point guard position with Malachi. Having two guards on the floor, I thought, really allowed Malachi to, to be more enabled as a scorer in that front because he didn't necessarily have to always get his own shot. Of, of course, Malachi does love working the pick and roll, and, you know, Koloko set a lot of good screens for him. To be honest, Malachi probably could have found Colocal, you know, maybe just once after all those screens. But ultimately, Malachi was able to use that space and attack and score. And Jeff was able to handle the ball safely, you know, the dunk uh, when he first checked into the game. I'm not even sure what happened. The Pistons just kind of threw him to the backcourt and uh, Jeff was able to break ahead for a dunk. But, um, you know, his defense at the end there. And, again, it's just one of those situations where everybody needs to come in and, and contribute. Kem came in for four minutes, and I thought I gave the Raptors some good moments. You know, he had a little uh, post-jump hook over a smaller defender. He had a play where the Raptors uh, worked a pick-and-roll, found Kem in the middle, and then Kem with the extra pass out of that short roll, calmly into the shooter, into the corner. And and for, for that, I think it was Delano who made the three. Um, but, you know, he came in four minutes and made a number of plays there. That was important. And he took a hard foul on somebody, which honestly, I don't even mind. I kind of do like that element. If if have Ivy's going into the basket all the time and the Pistons are, and, and, and they're going to get the call on every single drive. Well, lay the wood on somebody eventually. And I saw Kim, you know, come in and give a little bit of physicality, you know, Coloco came in played 17 minutes, you know, uh, set some good screens. I think a lot of screen assess in this one, but even when he had his chances, you know, was able to contribute and, and finish. He did, he did fumble one pass out of bounds, I think, but um, you know, made both his layups. I think both were on putbacks, got to the free throw line, made a perfect four for four. And you just needed this team effort. You really, really needed that because the Raptors have been really stuck in this like bad run of late. And uh, eventually you're going to get guys back. The good thing is that not all the injuries are serious, right? Um, you know, you have some medium term injuries in, 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 uh what Pascal is going through and what pressures are going through, but you probably got to figure that Fred will be available eventually. You know Gary was able to play last game. He didn't play well, but you know you, you don't think that the injury is that serious. It wasn't like he was walking around with a limp or any sort of distress that we could see at least on the on the broadcast. You know, guys will eventually return to the lineup and and it'll be more balanced. But in the meantime, the Raptors found a way to get it done, and uh, you know credit to them and credit to Nick Nurse for some of the choices he made because you know <laughs> everyone knows that uh, in this specific matchup, a lot of the stories about him and and. Dwayne, his uh, his former uh, boss, and um, you know, I thought Nick made some great moves. And again, that 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 decision to put Jeff down in in the game late there was just so key because it was really just one stop, but it was the biggest stop of the game. And Nick Nurse went to his twelfth man, who is on a two way deal, to get that done. That's you know that that's the kind of innovation and 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 uh, creative thinking that we have seen from Nick consistently. That you know, to be honest. Didn't see that much out of Dwayne uh in, in the years he was here. But anyway, look, we're gonna take a quick break. Um and when we come back, we're gonna hand out the stars. We're gonna talk more uh just about the flow of the game in general, talk more about Scotty because the, the conversation has been about him and uh you know wasn't uh, wasn't a standout game from him. But uh yeah, there's there's lots more to you know uh, come back to. So uh this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sports FM 90 the fan. And we're gonna take a quick break right here. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sports F 590. The fan, I'm your host, Wayne Blue. Continue to recap the Toronto Raptors' 115-111 to 111 win over the Detroit Pistons. I know it's just the Pistons, but man, it's been a while since the Raptors beat the Pistons. It was uh, literally 2020. Um, it was pre-pandemic. The Raptors haven't beat the Pistons since the pandemic started. That's how long it's been. Um, so, you know, you got to relish this one. Even though the Pistons were led by a lot of players that... Uh, you know, you're just a little surprised around the roster, like Alec Burks coming off that bench or uh, livers, you know, guys like this. I, uh, you know, it's uh, you really got to study the rosters to know Isaiah livers. Um, but uh, yeah, it, big win, and and I think to be honest, like it, it's a good building point for the Raptors. I wouldn't say like anything has tangibly changed, uh, other than the fact that they got a win instead of a loss, but. Um, I, I think there are some good takeaways. I think number one, um, the the way the Raptors worked in the post tonight was really nice. I, th- I think there's different ways to sort of go about it in the post. Like there's sometimes where the Raptors just like feed it into the post and sort of look to score from there. The Raptors had a lot more of like um uh, getting the players into the post, but then also like using that to sort of make plays and connect the dots. I think one of the like the benefits there is that you just don't have to dribble as much. Like you feed it into the post and the guys can cut, move off ball. A lot of good off-ball movement tonight. And some of that is just the Pistons are really bad uh, and, and very young and disorganized. But still, like I thought the execution was nice. Um, you know, Part of the reason why the Raptors were able to throw so many nice passes uh, here tonight was just by, based on the fact that they were able to move the ball a lot. So, you know, you do want to see that more consistently from them. I like the way the Raptors started defensively. To be honest, like the Raptors did a decent job guarding the Pistons. It was just the fact that they gave up 43 free throws, which I guess doesn't validate the fact that they did a good job. Um, a lot of that was transition, and the Raptors uh, turned the ball over a lot, live ball. Um, so, you know, you can't have that. You have plays where, like, you know, Colocos just trying to set up a pass at the top of the floor. He gets crowded and he fumbles it, and Jaden Ivey's go the other way for a dunk. Like, stuff like that in the fourth quarter cannot happen, simply cannot happen. Um, guys miscommunicating, uh, and the Raptors had 17 turnovers. You know, that really, you know, is just... Much too high for them, usually. Now, of course, they typically have the ball in Fred and Pascal's hands, and those guys are very low turnover players. But then again, like it, sometimes when you play this kind of post offense where guys sort of cut and move, cut and move, and stuff like that, you're relying a lot more passes. Uh, and, you know, that does come with some turnovers, right? Like you see the Warriors, for example, um, they do a lot of this kind of stuff as well. They're always one of the league leaders in turnovers, right? Now, of course, the Raptors don't run in nearly as well as the Warriors, but my point is that, like, it comes with the territory. Uh, but you just gotta be careful because the Pistons were able to really, really come back on the Raptors and keep the game close with that. Um, but I also like the fact that you know the Raptors showed a lot of pressure on the Pistons. You know, for the start of the game onward, like the very start of the game, you could tell the the tone the Raptors were trying to set. Like first play, uh, they they trap the ball. OG um, gets the steal, uh, and then it's uh, the, the you know, and then he feeds Scotty down low for a dunk, like that kind of stuff. Where it's like you you're just able to really shock an opponent. Um, You know, I I don't think Dwayne was shocked just based on the fact that this is how the Raptors kind of like to play, but they're a young team, and until you kind of get on that court and see all these, like, six, nine athletes with seven-foot wingspans closing down on you, you're not really thinking in your mind, like, oh, I need to be super crisp. I need to get the pass off really early and stuff like that. You just probably come in and try to play your regular game, and the Raptors just blitz you. Right, so you know, at the next play down, Scotty's able to crowd Ivy, pokes the ball away, almost creates another turnover for the Pistons, right? Then Delano Banton pressures Marvin Bagley and, and tips the ball away from him for, for a score, you know? And then Thad's diving on the floor and Scotty's going in and transition for a layup and you know, um, you know, Otto's containing the drive well and the rotations are there and uh, you know, you got a moving screen from uh Isaiah Stewart and it's just like constantly the Raptors were able to um were able to sort of turn the Pistons over and just hu- hurry them and harass them. And to be honest, the game wouldn't have been that close except for the fact that Jay and Ivy really took over for the Pistons in the fourth quarter. Like, um, you know, Detroit scoring 34 points in that stretch. So many plays just came down to Ivy getting the ball and getting downhill at the Raptors. Uh, and, you know, I, I think some of that first off, it started with Coloco, right? um, Not being able to handle the ball at the top and then giving up that steal and the dunk to to, to Jaden. I think that really got him going a little bit because he wasn't really doing that much until that point in the game. Then you had him uh, going at Malachi repeatedly. Malachi was just too small for him. I- Ivy was just shooting over the top of him, was intentionally screening with his guy to get that, that mismatch. And that's part of the reason, again, why, why when people ask, like, you know, Malachi is pretty polished offensively. How come he doesn't play more, especially when the Raptors need offense? Well, the Raptors are... Th- trying to build this defensive club and Malachi just so often comes into the game and gets hunted. Like usually it's like a Jimmy Butler doing this or like a James Harden doing this. But if, if a rookie comes in and, and immediately goes after you over and over again and it works, you know, that's something like, okay, you, you really got you to, gotta, you know, that's a wake up call. Uh, and, and Nick did limit Malachi's minutes in the fourth quarter there. Um to just two minutes, uh instead he turned to Jeff Downton for four, and he turned to obviously to Loano who was was really able to carry this game offensively for the raptors um but then yeah, once Ivy started getting going, you know it, it, you know there was uh, just a lot of breakdowns and to be honest there 's like two or three possessions down the stretch where uh Scotty was the guy who ended up switching on to Ivy now Scotty did guard Ivy quite a bit in the first half as well and did a good job ivy wasn 't exploding like that in the first half, so you got to give Scotty some credit for that, but in the fourth quarter. When someone needs to go shut the tabs off, it was, you know, Scotty was caught in a lot of these defensive breakdowns where, you know, he wouldn't communicate on a switch and Ivy was able to get downhill. Then he gets in the second layer of the defense. The Raptors need to rotate. He makes a quick pass out to the corner, bang, a three, you know, uh, that kind of stuff where it, it happened a few times. And, and on the other end, you know, you saw Saudi complaining to the officials, like, for for multiple possessions at a time. And this is all within the last, like, two, three minutes of the game where it was really like anyone's game was going back and forth. You just want to see people more focused in that stretch. I get it. It's frustrating that the Pistons had 43 free throws. It's frustrating that Ivy is able to get downhill. It's, it, you know, it's frustrating that your teammates might not necessarily have communicated with you. And now you look bad on on a, on a bad uh on a on a a bad switch or whatever right but at the same time you just got to really be able to sort of uh, you know stick with it be focused at the end there and you know just just be better right there's another play where ivy you know this is a the pistons were down five and coming at the timeout and you know ivy's running up the floor catches the the pass and he does a ball fake and scotty completely bites for it, goes to the other shooter and leaves him wide open and Ivy's able to knock down the three to make it a, a two point game again. Stuff like that. It's like you just have to be more focused. Guys got to talk to each other and, and more than anything else like even the complaining to the officials like OK, yeah, so you, you got in the post and took some contact and didn't get the call. You know what? It's frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating. uh, But at the same time, just we got to play through it. We got to play through it, right? This is like a one-two possession game. No one wants to see that. Get back on defense. You're really getting carved upon that front. Get back on defense, kind of focus. But again, luckily, the other guys were able to step up. And to be honest, I thought Scotty didn't play a bad game. I thought, you know, he did a good job of bringing the ball up. Um, you know, setting up the the sequences for his teammates. You know, he didn't try to overdo it. Offensively, he took one or two bad shots here or there. There's one possession where he really tried to take, you know, Isaiah Stewart off the dribble and, you know, broke out into a number of dribble moves. And Isaiah Stewart just kind of, like, stepped in in place and was just kind of like, all right, I don't care. I'm just going to make you shoot a jumper over me. I'm bigger than you. If you come to the rim, I can probably meet you there. But mostly, I'm going to step right here. You can dribble through your legs as many times as you want. But I'm going to let you through that jumper, and Scotty goes for that jumper, and it wasn't it wasn't close, right? So some of those possessions you still want to see him do a better job of, and and you know what? There's other plays here tonight where because of the fact that Scotty or because of the fact that Delano was so aggressive, because of the fact that OG, even though he didn't score the ball that efficiently, was able to make a couple extra passes, and obviously Thad is always able to distribute a little bit for you. That Scotty was able to play something closer to his usual role offensively where he's able to you know catch a pass in transition and finish it he's able to you know stand in a dunker spot and finish it you know although there was one play where he got the ball really deep in the post at the edge of the paint and instead of going hard for for just a, a usual finish he decided to go for a fadeaway jumper with the banking off the glass that was you know you, you do prefer to see him take it strong there because usually has the size and the strength to take it in but um you know, it just it it wasn't the kind of game where he sort of uh forced his way upon the game. Played more in the natural and the flow, and the, you know the offense didn't flow to him as much as as it would probably. Um, you would probably like to. But at the same time, the rest of his teammates are getting and scoring the, the, the ball movement in general on the team. Nobody monopolized the ball. Even Delano had 27 points. They didn't touch the ball that much. It wasn't like he was setting up the play every single time down the way Ivy was for the Pistons. He was sort of playing within the team concept. So I think just within the flow offensively, it, it was fine. But still, you do want to see some better um, moments from, from all of the guys, to be honest, right? Like OG. I don't know how many times I'll say this, but you just next time you watch OG, just count how many times he drives the ball. And either falls over and turns it over or travels or steps out of bounds or he drives into a charge or, uh, you know, he he doesn't get to the spots that he wants to and ends up taking, you know, a mid-range jumper. Like, those are all bad outcomes for OG, right? You want to see him take it deep in the post. He had a couple of uh, drives where he was able to take it in strong but just couldn't finish near the basket. Uh, But at the same time, you just want to see that efficiency increase. I I know I, I sound like a broken record on this, but these are the moments that these are the trends that you need to see improve because if OG can be efficient attacking off the dribble, both for himself scoring or, or just setting up the next guy, um, if scotty can find his offense more and 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 really focus on defense like really the defense is almost a bigger concern to me than the the lack of scoring you know we know he's not an explosive scorer but you know we do know he can he has that ability and he has the aptitude to play defense like he's taking on these hard assignments but you know pressing up on guys and getting blown past like there's just you know a little bit too much of that right now got to be focused on the defensive end if some of these things start to happen and once the the guys the teams get healthy again Then you'll start to see a a better result for the team. Like you know, you'll see less mistakes and 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 uh, and, because you know the main guys are going to be good at what they what they do. Like you know, when Pascal comes back, he's going to be flirting with triple doubles and scoring and and giving the Raptors uh, an identity offensively. And Fred obviously does you know all the stuff that Fred does as well with the three point shooting and the ball handling. And you know Gary, hopefully when he's healthy again, you know he he can you know make jumpers at the rate that we know he can do as well. Those things I'm not worried about, but I want to see sort of the the, the margins from the Raptors' fourth and fifth starters here in OG and Scotty. You want to see those margins improve because at the bigger picture, it's not necessarily about beating the Pistons or beating the Pacers or OKC or whoever, right, uh, or even the Heat on Wednesday. The bigger picture is sort of like getting your team to improve so that uh, when it comes time to, to the playoffs or the really important games down the stretch or in the playoff chase – those are the margins that you're going to be looking at, because teams are always going to be forcing the ball away from those main guys and forcing the other guys to beat you. And how can they limit their mistakes? So, um, ultimately, though, a really good result. Uh, finally, we were able to beat the Pistons, hooray! Uh, and yeah, some some good vibes. You know, it's uh, it's it's always fun seeing fans in that building. Uh, all the Raptor fans. It really just like illustrates just um, you know just how. Uh, passionate and how widespread the fan base is. Um, uh, the ability to go to Detroit a, two times a year and just fill that building with Raptor fans is, is really nice to see. And, um, it's, it's probably cheaper to go to a Pistons game, honestly. Like, um, I, I, how much are lower bowl tickets down there? 40 bucks probably. Like, it's probably like 200 for the Raptors. So, uh, it, it is also economically viable for people who live in that 514 area, but, or uh, not 514, uh, 519 area, but, um, yeah, good result. So, in order to wrap up your three stars from tonight's game, obviously the first star goes to Donald Banton. 27 points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals, two blocks, three triples, six and six from the free throw line, including a perfect four for four when the Pistons started intentionally fouling. Uh, got to the basket repeatedly, scored one on three, was aggressive looking for his offense. All playing within the flow, but at the same time, there's a he was able to really uh capitalize and take advantage and show no fear and hesitation. And that's what I want to see from these guys. When you get promoted from a second or third string position because of injuries, this is what they mean by next man up. When you come up, don't just come in and be tentative and think like, oh, I gotta defer here and there. The reason you're starting now is because those guys aren't there. So someone needs to be that guy. And Delano was him tonight. So great to see that. Um your second star, I'm gonna give that to Honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Probably Thad. I, I'd love the way Thad played. Um, six points, six rebounds, four assists, two steals, a block. Uh, didn't force his offense. Was really able to facilitate out of the high post. Scrap for loose balls. Four offensive rebounds is an indicator of that. But he really got on the floor and forced some turnovers as well. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, he plays so hard in those twenty six minutes that I, I think for the as a guy who's the oldest guy on the team by some margin. The other guys really have to see that and respect it. You know, that's leading by example. In addition to the fact that, you know, he gives a great post game quote here and there. Uh, but you you see that leadership by example by how hard Thad Young comes in and, and plays and and one the Raptors have turned to Thad the start of the year, they weren't even playing him. He wasn't even getting into games. Now, you're, you're, because of the injuries, he's starting games now, three games in a row. He's been good all three of these games. You know, you appreciate that kind of consistency. Uh, from him so you know i think the older you get the more you you you, um you value dependability and and thad young is like the definition of that again once i made this comparison last episode i'm gonna do it again the james milner of the toronto raptors um i know i know i know epl fans are groaning everywhere uh, unless they're liverpool fans um anyway your third star from this game um A couple ways to go with this one. I think Jeff Dowden, based on that steal at the end, should get a consideration. But to be honest, he didn't play that big of a a role in the game overall. Malachi did a lot of the scoring and the assisting off the bench. But I think defensively, I'm going to knock him a couple of points. Uh, Boucher had 20 points, four rebounds, and assists to steal off the bench with his hustle and energy, his scoring. That's probably enough to get it. But I really do want to show some love to Juancho Hernan Gomez. I'm going to give him the third start. 9.6 9.6 rebounds, three assists off the bench. First off, I really like his rebounding. He's been consistent in coming in and getting a lot of boards. He's been showing effort in that front, um, showing hustle, as you will. Uh, but, uh, I know, boo, just that's that's horrible. Uh, but, yeah, 9.6 rebounds, three assists. Um, you know, just another guy who kind of played that Thad Young role but off the bench uh, was able to sort of connect players and and make himself available. Defensively, he's been getting after it as well. Um you know, not as disruptive as the rest of the Raptors. You can tell, but at the same time, you know the positions, the the, the smarts, uh, and the effort is there. And again, the rebounding is there. So I, I got show some love to him. Plus eleven, the game high uh, for the Raptors. Um, so you know he was doing well in his minutes. And uh, yeah, weird. You know, three stars, Delano, Thad, and and Juancho, but it's been a weird season. You know, you just got to get results where you can and and, and feel good about it. Your Gerald Henderson Award winner, obviously that's going to go to Jay Nivey. Um, He really took over there. Uh, Young player. He ended up fouling out of the game. After he made a three, he had to intentionally foul, and so he was out of the game. Wouldn't have really mattered anyway because Delano went to the free throw line and made the lead four. Uh, But, yeah, 21 points, four rebounds, eight assists, a steal. It's just like the – he's just so aggressive, like – you know, he's that, that's his profile as a player that was in the scouting report for him. But it, it's sort of just like seeing that mentality of like carrying that over to the pros. He's not like he's not that big of a player uh, and he's very athletic. He's very quick, but he's not dunking on guys like that. Like the guy he, he uh, you know, apparently he modeled his game after was John Moran. The, the difference with jaws is that he's able to explode so much that he's able to really, really make plays around the basket um but yeah ivy was able to contort himself at the rim the quickness he burned a lot of the raptors defenders tonight in the fourth quarter and to be honest he was very close to leading the pistons once again to victory over the raptors so you got to give him his respect there a young player but uh after you know overcoming a slow start with fouls and also turning the ball over a couple times uh which the raptors will make you anybody do uh he settled in and and started carving them apart so uh credit to him so uh that that does for the podcast though thanks everyone for listening Uh, Continue to rate, review, subscribe. Once again, a reminder, uh, we're hosting a live show in conjunction with Chris Boucher, a charity show where all the net proceeds are going to his uh, foundation. Uh, And so we're selling tickets for that. Look to my uh, Twitter account at William underscore Lou for the details there. You can still get tickets. uh, That's coming up in a month, a month there, but in the meantime, continue to rate, review, subscribe, Uh, listen to the Raptor show. We'll be back on air tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon at 2 PM with Blake Murphy. And, uh, Yeah, and then I'll be back to recap Wednesday's game against the Miami Heat with Kyle Lowry coming home.